0: It's twelve oh nine, this is Jeff Wagner, WTMJ. It is the Labor Day weekend show. We are live streaming Facebook Live as we do the first couple segments. Eric Dill said, don't go anywhere for just a second. But you can tune in. Facebook.com slash six twenty WTMJ. Put the first couple segments up. You can check this out. So, Eric, do you think anybody besides you, me, and my producer are working this afternoon? What do you think? Ah, oh, the weekend has begun for many. The, the week, yeah, the weekend has begun. And, and see, and by <laughs> the way, I am not advocating that. If you have a chance, I mean, it, it's a beautiful afternoon. It's seventy-five degrees. Oh, yeah. It's not humid right now. Maybe it's going to get that way. It is just beautiful out there. The sun is shining. Mm-hmm. It is the last Friday of unofficial summer. You've got all these activities going on. I I think, I think we should give people dispensation. If you're not playing hooky, you should be playing hooky, right?
1: (laughs) Yes,
2: absolutely. And and,
0: and if the boss, if the boss complains, just say, Eric and Jeff said it's okay to do that, right? You're good. Absolutely. But, you do not have to worry because we will be here for the course of the afternoon. And as Eric Post, I was just mentioning, later on this afternoon, we've got an After the Storm um, a fundraiser for the Red Cross coming up. I'll give you more details about it. But it's going to be 3 to 6 in partnership with our sister uh, radio station, KTI Country, as well as our friends at today's TMJ4. All right. Like I say, this is the Labor Day weekend show. Friday shows are always a little bit different because... People are kind of ready to get into the weekend, and before a holiday weekend, they are particularly different. We're going to be doing a lot of different topics. We're going to move through a number of topics quickly, and I hope you find it. I think it's going to be pretty interesting. We start off with this story about In and Out Burger, Gru, who's producing the show today. And once again, live streaming, facebook.com slash 620 WTMJ. We play the parlor game. Did I dress myself today, or did my wife dress me? And uh, people people are getting pretty good at figuring that out. If I look decent, Fran dressed me. If I look like a slob, I dressed myself. Gru, you are a man of the world, an old-school man of the world. Have you ever been to In-N-Out Burger? You have never been to In-N-Out Burger. All right, In-N-Out Burger is a famous burger chain. It is particularly big on the West Coast. If you've been to Las Vegas, they have a couple there. But In-N-Out Burger, if you look at surveys Typically In N Out Burger is viewed as it, it does really well. I mean if if you ask about like chain fast food places, In N Out Burger is almost always rated extremely highly. And I I like In N Out Burger a lot. I'm I'm not sure I think it's the best place ever, but I, I like In N Out Burger and when I am in California I always make a point of if I'm if I'm going to be, you know, stopping at one of those type of places, I stop at In N Out Burger. Now I did not know the politics of the people who own In-N-Out Burger, and I didn't care about the politics of the people who own In-N-Out Burger. I just care, is it a good burger? Can you get some good fries? That, that, that's what I, I care about. Plus, the people who run In-N-Out Burger... They're not – I mean, there's no reason for for anybody to have known about their politics because they're not in your face about it. It's not like the guy who runs the spice shops around here, Bill Penzi from Penzi Spices, who is a militant lefty who on a monthly basis sends out these newsletters, which essentially says if you are a conservative, if you are a Republican, you are an evil person. And that's – if you haven't seen these newsletters, that's pretty much what he says. So it's not like – the folks that run in n out burger are are militant in your face whatever's like you know some people who who wear their uh, politics on their sleeve as a business but the folks at in and out burger are uh, i hope you're sitting down for this they are they are conservatives now how do i know how do i know that they are conservatives well apparently what happened is the california and it's based out of out of california the California Democrat Party did a search looking for like campaign donations. Who who gives money to who, and what they found was that the the owners of In and Out Burger donated twenty five thousand dollars to the California Republican Party earlier this week. Again, In and Out Burger is is a like a closely held, you know, corporation. Um, so somebody goes searching. Okay, let, let's see where people are giving money. Who gave money? Who had the audacity to give money to Republicans in California? Oh, oh, that name looks interesting. Oh, th- these are the people. This is the family that owns In-N-Out Burger. They they gave money. Now the late CEO of In-N-Out Burger. His name is Rich Schneider. He was an evangelical Christian and a supporter of Republican candidates. The current president, Lindsey Snyder, is also apparently, you know, similarly situated. So they have given money, hope you're sitting down, to Republicans. Now, why is this a story? Because as soon as this guy finds out, you know, does the search and says, hey, the owners of In and Out Burger, they, they gave they gave money to Republicans. Well, the chairman of the California Democratic Party, he is calling for a boycott of in and out. At two in and out, tens of thousands of dollars donated to the California Republican Party, it's time to boycott in and out. Let Trump and his cronies support these creeps. And then this has now become the story. As there's this effort to try to boycott the business because the owners. And again, this is just the owners exercising their First Amendment rights by making a donation. All right. 414-799-1620. That is the Acumen Net Mortgage talk and text line. Now, I think there's a couple different things. There are, again, some people who wear their politics on their sleeves. And as a result, they turn people off. You know, um, I can understand if you decide, for example, you don't want to patronize Penzi Spices because you know every month there's this newsletter where he essentially says if you're a conservative or a Republican, you're an evil person. All right, I, I get that, but the fact that an owner of a business would make donations—that fact in and of itself—is that justification for a boycott? whether you're Republican or Democrat. Now, keep in mind, we saw a variation of this in Wisconsin a few years ago when you had some on the left who wanted to go back and they looked at some of these business people who were donating money in their personal capacity to Scott Walker, and then let's try to, we want to have a boycott of Palermo's pizza, we want to have a boycott of Sargento cheese, etc etc. Normally, those boycotts crashed and burned. But in the age of Trump, has things changed? 414-799-1620. If the owners of the company don't share your politics, should we be boycotting their products? What do you think about this strategy? 414-799-1620. We discuss in just a moment. It's 1216. Jeff Wagner, WTMJ. 1219. Jeff Wagner, WTMJ. If you're just tuning in, in and out Burger, which is a very, very popular chain of of fast food burgers. Uh, They're they're big on the West Coast. Um, Their owners, it's a privately held corporation, their owners, it was revealed this week, have, heaven forbid, they've donated money to the California Republican Party, and Democrats in California are calling on a boycott of this burger restaurant. Now, we've seen variations of this in Wisconsin over the years. To me, it's one thing if... You have a business owner that decides they want to be up front in your face. This is what my politics are, and if you're a Republican, you're stupid. Okay, well, in that case, I I understand. But just the mere act of donating money to a party is that, or a candidate, is that something that you think should justify a boycott? 414-799-1620. Once again, we are live streaming facebook.com/slash six twenty wtmj on our Facebook page. Um. Let's see, Charles asked, does Starbucks donate? Well, my guess is the owners of Starbucks probably do, but I don't care. Nathan writes, I don't care about a company's politics. That's why I occasionally frequent Chick-fil-A. And remember, Chick-fil-A, um, conservatives, there's been efforts over time to boycott Chick-fil-A because the owners make certain donations. That doesn't that hasn't worked. He also said, I go to Ben's and, Ben and Jerry's as well, 414-799-1620. Ray in Illinois. Ray, you're on WTMJ. Good afternoon.
3: Good afternoon, Jeff. Enjoying listening to you live today. Thank but you, sir. I'm working at home, but I normally listen to your podcast on the train to and from work every day. So.
0: Outstanding. Thank you for that. By the way, Ray, a lot of people do. And if people want to hear the show, you just go to WTMJ.com, mobile app. You subscribe to the podcast. Thank you for that.
3: You, you are welcome, sir. Um, no, this is no justification to voice. That's funny you bring this up, by the way. I was, for the first time, at an In-N-Out Burger last week when I was in California on business. So. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but um no, there's no reason to, uh, boycott. I mean, I do, I could care less, I couldn't care less what a company's politics are or their owners are that. If they have good food or they provide me good service, I'm gonna go patronize them. It's like all these actors, I know they're all lefties, but they're good. And, you know, and, and I don't watch, I don't watch, um I don't go to businesses or watch movies or sports or whatever for politics. I, 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 I go because right the, the you want to be entertained
0: job. no th- thanks the call ray and by the way thanks again for listening to the podcast that's um uh, which is how a lot of people do it nowadays so but i look and and i want to i want to be clear and i don't want to be accused of being hypocritical there are if you want to be really in your face i for example i'm not sure i can watch another robert de niro movie after that after the you know blank trump blank i just i but but that's in your face that's not. Oh, gee. Robert De Niro is a, a Democrat, so I'm, I'm not going to support him because a Democrat. I, again, if it's kind of the, this in-your-face sort of stuff, I, I was talking to somebody at a party the other night, and, and we, were, we got around to talking about Jane Fonda, and the lady said, "You know, I still I can't watch anything with Jane Fonda because I still picture her in that North Vietnamese aircraft battery. I can't get past that. But but that's again, that's the kind of the in-your-face sort of stuff, as opposed to simply hey, you're showing up at a fundraiser for this, or you're making an individual donation. Four one four Let's talk to Pat in Green Bay. Pat, you're on WTMJ. Hi. Hi, yes, Pat.
1: Yes, I am. First off, I do agree that in your face, marketing is a poor marketing technique. I also own a small business. I wouldn't keep my business if I didn't make a certain percent of profit. And under our capitalist system, every business presumably makes some profit. So, I think it's innocent to make the choice as to where you 're going to spend your dollars um, based on what you think the owner is going to do with your money
0: thanks bye okay but I'm, I'm sorry I guess i was i, I wasn't quite following I, I wish you hang up Sean, I'll come up i'm not I'm not sure I was quite following the point i mean right do, do you have a right to decide where you 're going to spend your money of course you do i of course you do uh, but but the idea of these organized efforts that, gee, if somebody looks at a political candidate or somebody views politics different than, than me, um, I, I'm not going to I'm not going to patronize their their business. And I'm going to use that as a way of trying to coerce them into not supporting their own political causes. I, I think that that's this type of tyranny that's out there that, again, I think. Really doesn't say much for us as a society. Now look, I, and I, I, that's why I make the distinction between somebody who is making donations versus, again, if, if you want to take on causes. If you want to put yourself out in front on particular issues, well, then you have to understand that, you know, there's going to be good and there's going to be bad that comes with it. But if that, that's not what's going on within an Outburger. It's just like, oh, my gosh, we did this search and we found out that the people who run this, they actually had the audacity to give money to someone that uh, we disagree with. So now – they're supporting Trump and those creeps. That's what the that's what the blast email said. So you can't support them, really. Four one four seven nine nine one six twenty. Let's talk to uh, let's see Tom in Watertown. Tom, you're in WTMJ. Good afternoon.
4: Hey, Jeff. Hi, hey, Tom. I'm a Democrat, and I'll tell you what I'd I'd have no problem uh, going into the in and out burger. As a matter of fact, I think it's bad politicking if you end up labeling these people, and uh, you know, I just think it's bad politics on the Democrat side. And if they keep that up, they're going to end up losing people. If they do that, I know California they won't, but other states they would end up losing
0: people to vote right. that way. Because I See, I think, you know, Tom, we, we talk about this in the program a lot. We, we've gotten, I understand we've gotten very, very tribal, but I, I still, I think there's a large group of people out there that, I don't know. They care about politics, but they also care about other stuff that look at these things and say, "Okay, you mean we're not supposed to buy this particular type of pizza or we're not supposed to eat this particular type of of hot dog because the owners of it have a different political view than we do. I just don't think most people in this country are there. I I don't.
4: And also, if you look at Joe Biden this week, it should have gave everybody a little bit of a light to look at and say, this is the way politics should work. Uh, John McCain's
0: funeral. Right. Yeah, exactly. Thanks for calling. And again, I I make the distinction between, you know, people who, okay, we're going to punish their business because they choose to participate in the process versus, hey, I I want to. I want to be Robert De Niro and come out, and I, I want to put myself at the forefront of a particular political thing. Well, if you do that, you're going to take heat. I, I mean, if if you do that, you're you're going to take heat. But that's not what the folks at In and Out Burger <laughs> are doing. That's not what the folks a lot in Wisconsin did. They just decide, hey, we we think the governor's doing a good job, or we support the Republican Party, or whatever, and we're going to write that check. Dave downtown. Dave, you're on WTMJ. Good afternoon. Yeah.
5: It's kind of like the butterfly effect. I just think the left is just incapable of any rational thought anymore. And what I mean by that is, let's say the five guys or the Albert or whoever it is, you're punishing this business owner. You know, he's made bad billions. He can go do something else. You know, the only person you're hurting is you're hurting the guy maybe supporting his family, the mom, the college kid. If that place goes out of business, right. who are you really hurting?
0: Well, 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 yeah, I- exactly. Gee, let's not buy this particular type of sausage that's made in wherever. So, what, what's that going to do? That means we're going to have to lay off a whole bunch of employees. Good thinking about that. Yeah.
5: Well, no, and the, and the other thing, like I said, you know, if you want to go after Papa John or you want to go after you know Rosie O'Donnell or whatever, if you have got some minor beef or major beef, this is just somebody who is, hey, I like this philosophy. This right is where I like to put my dollars. There's not even a debate. There's not even an issue. There's not even any form of substance of thought. It's just totally irrational. And I think the other caller is right, I think you know in flyover country, I think that the left is just they're just going to lose people, and they're going to ensure that Donald Trump gets in again.
0: Thanks for the call. Appreciate okay. it. Well, I mean, it, it, it is it's the complete and total overreaction. I, I think to this type of stuff. All I'm going to tell you is. Um, well, I'm going to Las Vegas in October. I, I, um, I know exactly where the In-N-Out Burger is. I think I'm going to make a point of stopping by the Las Vegas In-N-Out Burger precisely because of this. That's how I think. You respond by these efforts that are out there to try to ostracize and marginalize people who, gosh, they have a different political viewpoint than you. And, and all they've done is want to participate in the process by writing a check. 1228, Jeff Wagner, WTMJ. Thanks for watching us. We live stream the first two segments of the program every day um, at Facebook.com. We're going to shut that down, but we'll be back Tuesday and we'll do it again. 1228, Jeff Wagner, WTMJ. 1238, Jeff Wagner, WTMJ, WTMJ Radio, 94.5 KTI Country present Wisconsin Strong Storm Relief, a fundraiser to benefit the victims of this month's historic severe weather and flooding around the state of Wisconsin this afternoon starting at 3. You can help make a difference in your community, and every dollar counts. Volunteers will be taking your donations starting today at 3.00. Listeners can also give at wtmj. dot com. We have all that information up now. All right, remember a couple weeks ago, there it was. You got to give them credit; it was a great publicity stunt. You had the people from the International House of Pancakes, IHOP who said oh we're we're going to change the name to ihob i h o b and then there was all this speculation they got all this free publicity and then they said well we're going to make it international house of burgers and then it turned out to be just this political this political just a publicity stunt to kind of say hey we we sell burgers too and we were never really going to change it all right so this week the Boston stores, and we have talked about the demise of Boston stores for quite a while, and the, the Boston stores, which are just an institution around here, are, are, I think they're all closed now. If they're not, they're going to be closed in the next day or so. But I think Boston store is now gone. The parent company of Boston store, Bonton, bankruptcy, boom. It's history. It, it, it's over. So there's a number of people running around, Gru, who's producing the show. Today. Did you see this report? There- all right, um like the the headline is a Boston store comeback. If you go to the the website for the defunct Boston store, bostonstore.com, they have the headline is we've got great news. Boston store is coming back. Stay tuned for updates over the coming weeks. We appreciate your loyalty and look forward to being able to serve you again soon. Okay, so the implication being Okay, we're all those stores that are closed and stuff like that. Never mind. Well, okay, here I don't know what this is all about, but 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 um, I would be cautious. I would be careful about this. You know, you 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 can put feathers on a dog and call it a chicken, but that doesn't make it a chicken. My guess: what could this possibly be? Well, my guess is that somewhere along the line, maybe. Maybe what's going on is in the liquidation process, there's some other online retailer or someplace that wants to buy the name Boston Store to be able to run it. And, and that's, that's all well and good. So maybe somebody's going to try to revive the name Boston Store and associate it with something either online or otherwise. But uh, to the extent that this implies that all those stores that are shuttered and sold out and closed are coming back, I'll maybe, uh, but I would be very careful. About that, that would be my advice. Um, uh, Boston store, as we knew it, is is pretty much dead. <laughs> There's just no way around it, and that's it is unfortunate, but it's just what ended up happening. Okay, the Harley 115th anniversary is going on now. There are motorcyclists all over. Now, I, I first it was interesting because I first noticed this myself yesterday. Yesterday afternoon, and, and the way it worked is we had a Brewers baseball game. It was actually the last weekday, non-holiday day game of, of the season. And so I, I was here in case the game ended a little bit earlier, but I was driving around, you know, doing all sorts of errands. I, I met my brother later on in the afternoon, things like that. I was driving around, and if you are driving in this area, you need to be careful because there's lots and lots of motorcyclists you always need to be careful around motorcyclists but of course now you, you've got people that are all over so you have to be particularly careful and a lot of the people who are driving the the motorcycles and i say this with affection they're from out of town they don't know where they're going <laughs> and, and i was both last night Yesterday afternoon and last night and then this morning, I was running a couple errands as well. I, I saw there was groups of motorcycles, and they're enjoying the great weather and out there, and, and it's tremendous. But but you got to be careful because they don't know where they're going, and there's a lot of them. And if you're used to, I don't know, checking for cars, and all of a sudden, boy, there's a motorcycle in your blind spot, huh, you, you kind of got an issue. Now, there's all sorts of great things which come with from having all sorts of people coming from all over the country into southeastern Wisconsin. Namely, it is a huge boom to the area economy for a couple of days. Hotels are filled up. You know, restaurants and, and bars do great business. It, it's a good thing because all the Harley riders come and they bring a bunch of money with them. At the same time, they, they also, you've got people who've descended on the area And they're out on the streets, particularly riding around. You got to be careful. Now, I was thinking of this as I got a couple emails and one, two, three, at least four emails from people who were at least noticing the same thing I was noticing yesterday as I was driving around my vehicle that boy, there's a lot of bikes around here and you know, they don't know where they're going. And gee, one of the guys cut in front of me or this or that or the other thing. And the argument is I am going to be glad when they leave. All right, for just one segment, Four one four seven nine is the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Are you glad all the riders are here for the 115th, or would you just assume this had been skipped and we not have all these bike riders, motorcyclists, descending on southeastern Wisconsin for the Labor Day weekend? 414 That is the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Are you going to be that, hey, kids, get off my lawn guy? Or is it legitimate to say, you know, we just, ah, I'll be glad when this thing is over. At the same time, can you say, hey, I, I welcome the people here, but I'll be glad when it's over. 414-799-1620. That's the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. All right. Is this a pain having all these bike riders here? 414-799-1620. That's the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Grew is lining up the calls. I just think, again, you clearly have to be careful. There, there's no question about it, especially driving around because these these motorcycles are everywhere. All right, four one four seven nine nine one six twenty one eight hundred eight seven seven one six twenty. Let's start with Donna in Greenfield. Donna, you're first. Good afternoon.
1: Hey, look, I love Harley's. Our neighbors have them. We love listening to the roar, the rumble, everything else. Great product, love it. Not a biker, but um 116th and Green, 116th and Cold Spring yesterday. A bunch of bikers were going west on Cold Spring, okay. and they just literally went right through the stop sign. And a bunch of us, there's three cars at three different stops, the four-way stop, and they just kept going through like they didn't have to stop.
0: Kind of like it was a funeral procession. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right.
1: And then finally, we're kind of throwing our arms up in the air and going, "Really." And then a couple bikers stopped, and they gave you that wave like, "So sorry, you know, please go ahead." I mean, right? The arrogance of some of these bikers, and then they turn around and complain that they get killed. I have a years ago, back in the seventies, my uh, sister's fiance and her were in a bad motorcycle accident, and he was actually killed, and she was hurt badly. And they weren't doing anything wrong; they're hit by a drunk driver. But still, you know, if if they want the respect, then give respect. It's
0: that simple. Right, right. No, thanks for the call. appreciate it. Let's see. Uh, our text line is exploding. Honestly, I had no problems with the motorcycles when I was driving yesterday, but I did encounter more car drivers than usual who were being problematic. Huh? Um, let's see another text. Not glad they are here. If something goes wrong, it's always the motorist's fault, not the cyclist's fault. As far as I'm concerned, they can go home. Uh, here's another text. No, it's not a pain. It's Milwaukee, and we have to deal with it every Labor Day weekend, but... Um No, that's not that's not exactly the case Uh because, I mean, every Labor Day weekend you have something that's related to this, but every five years it's a much bigger deal. Here's Stephen West Bend says, I'm not happy about the motorcycles. I wish they weren't here, and I hope they never come back. Well, I'm not going that far. Lucy on the west side. Lucy, you're on WTMJ. Hello.
1: Hi. Hi, Lucy. Like I said, to your producer. I'm glad they're here. Be really glad when they're gone. And I'm scared to death I'm going to hit one
0: of them. Well, so you've noticed the same thing driving around.
1: Oh, Lord. Well, I live on the west side near Miller the Park. They're everywhere. Right.
3: <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, it... everywhere. I mean, I'm I'm a good spirit about this. I'm loyal to Milwaukee. I root for Harley. The noise scares the dog. And like I say, I'm scared to death I'm going to hit one of them. <laughs> but it's, it's only Labor Day weekend, and it's once every five years. Right. And. With all the trouble in the world, I think Harley's been a good Milwaukee employer, so I want to be supportive.
0: Um, yes. No, thanks. I, yes, exactly. I mean, it, see, that is that is how I feel, and, and it's how I felt uh, again yesterday as I was kind of navigating around. And I did have to remind myself, you got to be more careful than usual checking your blind spots and stuff because there's just more of these bikes that are out there. I am very glad the Harley riders are here. Welcome. I will be also glad when the Harley riders leave. <laughs> you know, it's, and it is—it's once every five years. It's a huge economic shot in the arm to this area, and and I applaud it. I'm thrilled with it. At the same time, I, I'm glad we don't have to deal with it every day. And that's not being anti-motorcycle because because I'm not. It's just when there's mo- motorcycles all over and they're riding in the processions and things, you know, like like that. Um, it's just, it's kind of the reality. So welcome, you know, come here, spend money. I think that's great, but, um, enjoy your time in Milwaukee. But, you know, once, once Monday rolls around and people start to roll out of town, that's going to be okay with me too. I I can put up with it every five years. But again, the, the big point of this is if you're out and about on the roadways, be careful because there's a lot of motorcycles around, a lot more motorcycles than normal. Many of them are out of town and don't necessarily know, you know, where where they're going. And just got to be careful because we want everybody to be safe. 1249, Jeff Wagner, WTMJ. It's 1252, Jeff Wagner, WTMJ. So very glad to have you with us. Hey, um, something that, that died down for a little bit it hasn't made the news and it certainly hasn't gone away. Remember a couple of weeks ago we had the stories about the 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 paintball wars, all the people that were driving around shooting paintballs at people, including one moron that went on TV and said, "Well, they're they're talking about taking our guns for shooting paintballs at people." I I can't believe it. To which my response was, yes, not only should they take your gun, but they should probably put you in prison for doing something like this. You know, and you'd have this idea. Apparently there's this game going around where people, you know, shoot paintballs at other people who are out on the street. But of course, they don't limit it to just that. It's now like, this is the cottage industry. Let's do drive-by shootings. And some of the justification is, well, so, so we've only hit somebody with a paintball. It's not like we've shot them with a, you know, nine millimeter. As if that's, that's the choice. Well, you should be glad we didn't shoot you with a nine millimeter. We'd shot with you with a paintball gun. I bring this up because there is apparently a report Bayview. This is happening again. Uh, today's TMJ4 was tracking, you know, some, some stuff on social media. Here's what the person reports. My wife and I are walking our two little French bulldogs about 825 this evening. This would be yesterday. We're crossing the street at Pryor and Wentworth when a white SUV driving by quite fast with kids yelling as it goes by my wife and i hear a pop 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 i get hit in the right temple my wife gets hit on her arm and shoulder i first at first i thought i was shot by a gun because it knocked me down and i had blood coming from the wound yeah i mean you know you get hit with a paintball um yes that's what it's going to do um m- my wife said to me that she got hit too. Once we figured out we were hit by a paint gun, we were relieved but shaken. I was hit hard in my temple. I'm sure I'll have a good bruise and scraped head. This kind of blank needs to stop. It could have been our eyes or who knows. Maybe next time a gun. Keep a lookout for a white SUV. Two other cars were following, uh, the white one. So, I mean, this is, this is kind of the cottage industry this summer and this story has not gotten as much attention as it deserves. But th- this is the equivalent of, here, we're going to be drive-by shooters. So you have people that are driving around. They are shooting at pedestrians. They are shooting at people on bicycles with these paint guns from moving cars. It's kids. They think it's funny to do this. They think it's entertaining to do this. And the bottom line is, look, it, it's, it's dangerous to do this. And if authorities catch people like this, yes, they should seize the guns. But more importantly, they should send the people who do this Away for a while. I understand it's not a nine millimeter, but still, this is not some sort of victimless crime, especially if you're the one that's hit. So, these paintball wars things, if you thought this has died down, it has not gone away, and it came back in a big time way in Bayview yesterday. 1255, Jeff Wagner, WTMJ. 109, this is Jeff Wagner, WTMJ. crew who's producing the program today. You realize we are in the presence of greatness. Did, did you see this announcement our Eric Bilstat Eric Bilstadt is our team captain for for the month of August hey all right now team captain but, but this is this is one of these kind of like management things to like like team build morale and stuff so we, we, we take an employee every month and they are Designated. There's no money or anything that comes with this. It's just right. It's, and you, there's like a little statue or something. You guys yeah,
3: We pass around a statue and, and, and celebrate everyone's achievement.
0: All right. So all right. Well, so, well, celebrating now. Of course, in any given month. Eric Bilstadt would be a very, very worthy winner because Eric works extremely hard and does a lot of stuff on the air and all these behind the scenes things. I do think it's interesting because he got the team captain thing for this month. You were on vacation for like (laughs) half the month, right? I mean, you were, you were, you, you you know, all these months that you've been here, you know, you haven't gotten it. When you're gone, that's yeah. when you get it, huh? Right? It's like, well, maybe you could say Aaron Rodgers should have been the MVP last year. Well, right? right, exactly. And and then, of course, we're thinking the history last month. It was Doug Russell from our sports. Doug was he was on Alaska for half the month. He's gone, and he's the team captain. So so maybe I I don't know exactly what that means, except you know maybe, maybe that's the key. You're gone, and you get it, huh? Maybe it means we missed you. How about yeah, that? That's right. That's how I'm going to take it. It, it. Well, that's how I should But we are we are in the grew. We are in the presence of oh, of exactly. greatness here. That's that that's. He, he gets the the team captain thing <clears throat> when are um, you taking off well, yeah, take exactly. well, October I'm going on my river cruise in October I and am. then I'm going to Vegas a little bit later on I'm, I'm slated for October yep. if we're still doing this because he won't be here yeah exactly I just you just kind of wonder what thought goes at but that's fine it is well deserved like, seriously no, okay, you, in any given month. I just think it's kinda of interesting. In any given month you would be a very worthy recipient. It's kinda of like the one he's gone is when they get it. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right. And of course now you have some people in management going, I wish that Wagner wouldn't say this stuff. <laughs> you know, just, I'm just not. smiling and nodding. That's, <laughs> that's <all> right. <laughs> that's right. Yes, Eric is refusing to participate in this because he's the team captain, you know, and you-, you wouldn't you wouldn't want to go down that route. All right. This is the Labor Day weekend show. If you haven't figured this out, we have a little bit of fun on Fridays in general and also Um, Today in particular as we get you ready for the Labor Day weekend. If you are a regular listener of this program, you know that one of the things I rail at from time to time is the presence of bums, panhandlers, whatever you want to call it, on, on freeway off ramps. And, uh, this, th- this happens with alarming regularity. If, if you're getting off the freeway by where I work off of I-43, there are almost always the, the same group of, of people. Now they rotate which corner they're on, hanging out on the free, uh, or the freeway off ramps, begging money. Some of these people are extremely aggressive to the point that they, they walk in the lanes while people are getting off the freeway. And I just believe it, sooner or later, somebody's going to get hit. And, and I think it's just, it's just bad. It's just bad policy and practice. Milwaukee has an ordinance that outlaws panhandling on certain locations. They also have ordinances that outlaw aggressive panhandling. And the city of Milwaukee, in my opinion, to its credit, has, has start, they started a program last year where they have been actively discouraging people from giving money to the panhandlers the the general belief is that you know panhandling is not good for a community it creates all sorts of problems it deters people from going into various businesses and and the city of Milwaukee too it's credit again has never discouraged people from engaging in charitable giving but but they have said don't give money to people on the street because you don't know You don't know what their story is. You don't know what they're going to use it on. You don't know if this is just a scam. You don't know whether the money is going to be used for dope. Just If you want to give money, find an area food bank or a homeless shelter or whatever, write them out a check. At least that way you know where the money is going to be going. And that is an approach that I have applauded in the past. I bring this up because our friends at the American Civil Liberties Union Um, in connection with this larger effort being organized by something called the National Law Center on Homelessness and Poverty, has decided that they are going to go after ordinances which limit panhandling in various cities. The argument is that we should, well, here's the argument. It's essentially that everyone has a constitutional right to ask for help. And it's really kind of shocking that communities would outlaw such a thing. And so there's a lawsuit that's being filed down in Chicago because Chicago has a panhandling ordinance that is not, not that unlike, you know, what we have around here. And this group is out there trying to have these ordinances thrown out but arguing essentially that these bans, all they do is they limit people's free speech rights and they serve no interest in the overall community. I could not disagree more. Our number 414-799-1620 that is the AccuNet Mortgage Talk and Text line. Is panhandling and the presence of panhandlers is that good for a community? Um, the fact that you could have people who aggressively panhandle follow you for example you want to shop you pull up to a particular block you start to walk down that block. I mean, to have people come up to you repeatedly and ask you for money, is that something that is overall good for the community? Because, again, the argument is everybody has a right to ask for help, and the communities should not be stopping people or making it more difficult for them to do that. 414-799-1620, that is the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. My point would be I believe that a community – that does not get a handle on issues like panhandling, which to me is a huge quality of life issue. If you don't get a handle on panhandling, what you're going to find is a substantial decline in quality of life in that community. 414-799-1620, that is the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Should we make it more difficult for people to beg for money on the public sidewalks, on freeway off-ramps, on median strips? Or is this just, hey, people need help? Who are we to deny them the right to ask for it whenever, wherever, and how often they choose? 414-799-1620. That's the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line. We are back to discuss in just a moment. If you're on the line, please hold on. It's 116. Jeff Wagner, WTMJ. 119, Jeff Wagner, WTMJ, the ACLU, as part of this larger effort that's going to incorporate and encompass 240 cities, and my guess is Milwaukee is on the list, is going after ordinances that ban panhandling. The argument is, well, everybody has the right to ask for help, and so... We shouldn't care if people are aggressively panhandling on the streets or standing on median strips begging money or walking up freeway off-ramps. Everybody should have the right to do that. Well, I don't agree. Scott in Chicago. Scott, you're on WTMJ.
4: Hey, Jeff. Thanks for taking my call. Yes, you sir. Know, I, I told the senior that uh, I actually go to San Francisco uh, once or twice a year, and I like to take my daughter, who's now just turned 11. And when I looked at it, and and, you know, I, I want her to understand that, you know, we want to help fellow humanity. But what I've seen, and, and I know that I don't think that Milwaukee will ever get near to the point of San Francisco, but San Francisco has got a real issue. Oh, yeah. and, you know, they're coming from all over the place. And I feel very uh, um, concerned for my daughter, but I, yet I want to show her that, you know, to be empathetic, but yet I also fear for her safety. And I think at some point, and, and you know, I've got some relatives in California tell me about the BART system and and how they've actually allocated money so the homeless don't defecate on elevators I mean it's like Oh yeah the BART
0: system for people don't that's the subway out there that goes yeah, under like the yeah, bay there yeah bay right
4: Bay Area Rapid Transit right. yeah and and I think that it's it's gotten to a fever pitch out there now again our weather would not be the the best place to live outside but I think that if we can just use San Francisco as a model of what potentially could happen, I think that, uh, we have to really, really try to, to control the amount of panhandling before it does eventually get out of hand.
0: It does. Scott, thanks for calling. You know, it's interesting you bring up San Francisco, and I, if, I've told this story before, but, um, I think San Francisco is one of the great cities in North America. But the last two times I was there, I, I stayed in downtown San Francisco, the financial district, and I will tell you the, the bums, panhandlers, homeless, drug addicts, whatever. It, it was. I, I'm. I'm not exaggerating. It was. You could not walk a city block. We stayed at a really nice hotel, and I remember it was like four or five blocks to the Bay Area Rapid Transit, the subway, and, and you. You could not walk a block. I'm not making this up. Without being aggressively solicited for money three or four times a block. And that, that's, and there, there's people, there's, you got homeless people that are, they've got their shopping carts and they got their sleeping bags and they're, they're in doorsteps and stuff. And, and after a while, it just, it, it wears you down to the point that I, I, look, I, Call me heartless, but I don't want to deal with it. And this, I was there last time with my late wife, and she wanted to give one of these guys money, and we actually kind of got in an argument. I said, you know, you can't give this guy twenty dollars. I mean, who knows what he's going to do with that twenty dollars? Look, if, let this is exactly like I said a couple minutes. ago. If you want to find a soup kitchen, and we want to give, or a rescue mission or whatever, and we want to give them two hundred dollars, I'm cool with that. I, it's not a question of you know not being generous or not wanting to support you know people, but it's it's the idea that you don't know where this money is going. And I don't want to be part of being scammed or I don't want to be part of having you know money that I'm donated contribute to somebody's drug habit or whatever. If you want to give money, let's give the money to some place where you know that it's going to be spent as we intend it. Here's our text lines exploding. A lot of panhandlers in the West Coast are professional panhandlers. Many of them have apartments, cars and so on. I lived in Los Angeles for six years and we watch people beg all day. And rather and drive around expensive sports cars at night. It's a bit of a disgrace. Uh Here's George. I do see it's a violation of free speech, but the panhandlers don't have a right to loiter on roadways, etc. And they don't have a right to harass anyone for money. Laurie says, I don't contribute to panhandlers at all. I agree that there are better charities for my money. I get extremely upset with the amount of trash they leave at intersections. Well, that's I mean, that's, you know, that's true as well. And a police officer, I got a text from a guy at Milwaukee Police Department. He says, Actually, the ordinance doesn't protect prevent panhandling per se. It's actually written as aggressive panhandling. Um so, you know, we we really don't block a lot. It's just if somebody ends up feeling intimidated. Here's another text. It's obviously gotten out of hand. They obviously make decent money doing it, or they wouldn't be out there all day. There's plenty of jobs that need doing. Put down the size sign and try being a useful part of society. It is interesting to me because, like I say, right down the street from where I work, there, there are a group of panhandlers, and it seems to me to be the same five or six people. I am assuming that they work in concert. Because, you know, one day it'll be the lady that's standing by the freeway. The next day it'll be the guy and the lady will be down the road. I, I am assuming that these five or six people kind of work in concert and sort of rotate around. And, again, I don't know their particular financial situation. I do know that it's it's dangerous to do this type of stuff. And I think the idea that a city is better because you allow people to indiscriminately beg – I think that's just flat-out silly, despite what our friends at the American Civil Liberties Union might think. 125, Jeff Wagner, WTMJ. It's 127, Jeff Wagner, WTMJ. The Brewers head to the nation's capital for a series against the middling Washington Nationals. Ooh, middling. wonder who wrote that. That's when you write that, and then the, the Nationals actually probably are as big a disappointment as any team in baseball this year, uh, given all the talent that they had starting the year. And it's been funny, all year round, all year long, all the baseball so-called experts have been saying, well, Washington's going to make a run, Washington's going to make a run, and they just never did. Hopefully, this weekend won't be the weekend they decide to get hot against the Brewers. In any event, uh, the Brewers are in Washington. The big three-game set gets underway tonight. Our Brewers coverage starts at 5.30. It is also true that this is the portion of the season where really every game matters. Uh, the The Brewers are what? They're five games behind the Cubs. Doesn't look like they're going to be able to overhaul them, but who knows? I guess the Cubs could collapse. But most importantly, the Brewers are in this mix for the the wild card berth with a couple teams right now. They're what a half game behind St. Louis for the top spot. And you really want, if you're going to be in that wild card mix, you want to be the top team because then it's a one game playoff and you get the game at home. And let's assume season ends today, it's Milwaukee and St. Louis. Wouldn't you rather be playing at Miller Park than at St. Louis? And the obvious answer is is yes for this one-game playoff. But there's a whole bunch of teams that are all bunched up together, and so every game really does matter. Our coverage, once again, starts at 5.30, so be sure to check that out. All right, coming up in the next half hour of the program, when it comes to increasing taxes – how high is too high? And I've got a very provocative question to put to you. Um, over the last, gosh, I don't know, 15 years, we have been talking about the, the problems in Milwaukee County and, and the pension system. And a lot of it goes back to the, the late Milwaukee County executive Tom Amit and members of the county board and other advisors who decided that it would be a good idea to, I don't know, benefit certain county employees with what's been known as the, the pension scandal. Well, the, the problem is this is, of course, left Milwaukee County essentially broke. Right now, there is there is a huge unfunded liability. Milwaukee County's unfunded pension liability right now is about $550 million, that is M as in million dollars. This means they owe $550 million that they do not have and don't know where they're going to get it. One of the effects of this is they're saying, okay, well, maybe what we have to do is we have to, as a starting point, we've got to eliminate cost of living increases. Retirees are scheduled to get a 2% cost of living increase. Um, that. That adds up to $20 And, of course, I understand. You've got these retirees saying, what do you mean we're not going to get a cost of living increase? Well, the problem is, thanks to mismanagement of this pension fund, if you've got $550 million in unfunded liability, you've got to figure out ways to stop the bleeding. And, candidly, this is just putting a tiny little Band-Aid on a gaping wound. Nobody likes not getting cost of living increases, but I don't see that there's any choice around this. Because if you don't start doing stuff like that, pretty soon, you're not going to be getting pensions at all. 135, Jeff Wagner, WTMJ. This, this story we, we talked about in the first hour of the program about Boston Store making a comeback, It it's it has all the earmarks of... Uh, of kind of a, a semi-scam, and I, I just want to mention that now people are doing investigations. If you go to the Boston Store website, and, of course, Boston Store has been an institution around here. The parent company, Bonton, is, is is liquidated. It's gone it, it, in bankruptcy. Um, there's a website, the Boston Store website says, Boston Store is coming back, and that has people wondering. Well, it, it, this is my sense of what's going on, and it, it strikes me as like a publicity stunt. My guess is what happened is you had... Some unknown retailer who bought the the right to the name, and so it, it is possible that maybe at some point in time in the future they might start selling something online under the name Boston Store. Uh, but but the idea that all those stores, those vacant stores in Southridge and at Mayfair and at Brookfield Square and at Bayshore and in West Bend and in Green Bay or wherever, the idea that those stores are coming back that's that's not going to be the case. So I, I think with what's happening here, again, my guess is somebody for pennies buy I don't mean pennies the store, but pennies the amount, you know, buys the, the name With the idea that, okay, maybe we're going to try to resurrect this name and and bring it back, as happens from time to time. But for anybody who thinks that this is going to be all these stores and all these people who lost their jobs coming back, it isn't going to happen. it's, It's just not. And I always hate when some of this stuff goes on because I think it misleads the... I think it's misleading to the public that is my general sense of the matter so be careful all right we have a race for governor that's going on and we'll be talking a lot about that over the course of the next you know 2 months essentially but one of the differences between the candidates has to do with the way we pay for road repairs now governor walker has pretty consistently said that he he's not he's not interested in raising taxes a- and you have if you see like there's a billboard in I forty three, it's this, you know, Scott Holes thing, that, that that's being put that's put up by the unions and you have some of these road building unions that um stand to benefit from road construction and what they want is they want tax increases because what it means is it means that you know if we spend more money on roads, that means it's their employees, their their members get more money. So it's that's a union backed thing. But, you know, one of the problems is how do you pay for, you know, increased expansion of the roads? Now, we just finished, you know, the zoo interchange. You know, um, we're expanding I-94 between the Milwaukee County line all the way down to the uh, state line because of Foxconn. So th- there's a lot of road work that's gone on over the last several years, and there's a lot more that is scheduled but this is one of those things where everybody everybody wants more. But anyhow, Governor Walker has said he's not interested in increasing the gas tax right now. When you go to the pump in Wisconsin, and you see that that amount, I mean, what's gas going for now? About two eighty a gallon? Is that? I think I I put gas about two seventy nine or two seventy five. Right? Okay, two eighty, whatever it is. Of that, let's say it's two eighty. Of the two dollars and eighty cents, fifty one cents. Is tax. Uh, There is a federal excise tax on gasoline that's been eighteen cents, and it's been eighteen cents forever. The Wisconsin gas tax is thirty-three cents. The gasoline tax is thirty-one cents, and then there's a two-dollar tax for petroleum inspection fees or something. But it's it's about thirty-three cents a gallon. So you pay a total of fifty-one cents out of every gallon you purchase. So if you pay two eighty. Um, Fifty cents a gallon is going to taxes. Governor Walker says he, he's not interested in increasing the gas tax. His opponent, Tony Evers, says, well, ev- everything is on on the table, including increasing gas taxes. Now, Evers has been challenged by people saying, All right, well, what exactly does that mean? All right, you're you're open to increasing the gas tax. How much? And, you know, the governor and Republicans have said, what, what, what does this mean? Does it mean 50 cents? Does it mean a dollar? Does it mean three cents? If it means three cents or five cents, well, you know, that, that's, that's not probably really going to, you know, solve any sort of problem. But, you know, what, what do, what does that mean? So I want to tee this up. Our number is 414-799-1620. That is the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Right now, you pay 33 cents a gallon in state tax for every gallon of gasoline you buy would you support an increase and how much would you be willing to pay 5 cents 10 cents 50 cents a dollar what's the limit 4147991620 that's the accurate mortgage talk and text line because that that's really where it I mean, that that's really where it it comes down to the idea of all right, how much are you going to generate, and to really make the type of I don't know to generate the revenue that I think some people are talking about, or some of these unions want to do some of these building projects? You're, you're not talking about two or three cents. You are probably talking about a lot more than that. But all right, what are you willing to pay? Would you be willing to pay an extra twenty cents? Let's say. You know The gas tax, instead of being $0.50 cents a gallon, let's say it's $0.70 cents a gallon, an extra $0.20. Cents, would you be willing to pay an extra $0.50? Would you be willing to pay an extra dollar a gallon um, if it meant the money is going to roadways? Where is the breaking point? Or, or are you not willing to pay more tax at all? 414-799-1620, that is the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. For people who are open to saying, okay, everything should be on the table, Alright, let, let's, let's talk turkey here, to use the cliche. Alright, how much of a gas tax are you willing to support? How much of an increase? A dime? A nickel? A penny? A quarter? A dollar? What is your breaking point, if any? 414-799-1620. We discuss next. If you're on the line, please hold on. It's 142. Jeff Wagner, WTMJ. It's 144. Jeff Wagner, WTMJ. A quick reminder, WTMJ Radio, that's us, in 94.5 KTI Country present Wisconsin Strong Storm Relief, a fundraiser to benef- benefit the victims of this month's historic severe weather and flooding around the state of Wisconsin this afternoon, starting in about an hour and 15 minutes, 3 o'clock you can help make a difference in your community every dollar counts volunteers will be taking your donations starting today at 3 listeners can also give at wtmj.com okay 414-799-1620 that is the accident mortgage talk and text line see here here's the issue and again the devil is in the details tony tony evers who is running as the democrat against scott walker says well he, he he's open to increasing the gas tax and then the obvious question becomes well, okay, to what? What does that what does that mean? And then you get humana hummana, hummana, I I don't know. Right now the state gasoline tax is about thirty three cents. And you put that on top of the federal gas tax. Fifty one cents a gallon is what you pay per gallon in tax. All right? Well well how much of a gas tax are we talking about? Ten cents, twenty cents, fifty cents, a dollar? I mean where where is the line? Where is the limit? What would you be willing to pay? Let's start with Paul in Lake Mills. Good afternoon, Paul.
5: Yes, hello. I I just hear what you're saying, and I'm, you know, when you say how much we want to raise it, well, that's not the point. It's not how much we want to raise it. It's how much are they going to? They just keep asking for more and more. And I know, if, God bless Governor Walker for trying to keep everything under control, right. because otherwise, it's, as soon as you give them more money, well, then, well, once we're going to do everything all at one time, and you know, I think we can all afford to give
0: us so we give them a little more gas money but where does it end well right it, it, it doesn't end i mean because and th- that's it you, again you've got you've got some of these powerful unions who have actually benefited incredibly by the splurge we've had in road building over the years but they're not happy they want more and more and more and if you're going to pay for it through a, a tax i mean that means it's money coming out of people's pockets so but let's say they increase it you know 10 cents you know that's an extra dollar if you put 10 gallons in that's an extra dollar just in tax every time you fill up if you increase it 20 cents that's an extra two dollars at some point in time are are people going to say well look we enough is enough this isn't the way to go
5: well the trouble is by that time it's too late yeah oh then all once you're paying a dollar extra for uh for tax and the thing is, is we that's what we pay that's what we pay for our legislators to work this thing out, and let's get us straightened around and get priorities on what needs to be done. Because there's no doubt that that our uh, roads can need can need repair and everything. But also, let's not go splurging it right away. Because as soon as you hand them way too much money, they're going to blow too
0: much money. Right now, thanks for call. Okay, let me give you a text. Thanks. Here's what I'd support: fifty or seventy-five cents a gallon. Fifty or seventy-five cents a gallon. So. Okay, this, I, I'm going to read you the rest of the text. But here's somebody saying 75 cents a gallon. All right. So that means that that 280 that you just filled up your, your tank with a gallon, that now becomes $3.50. 75 cents a gallon times 10 gallons, an extra $7.50 every time you fill up your tank. 10 gallons. If you got a bigger tank, you're talking about more. I'd support 50 to 75 cents a gallon if it goes towards roads or schools or similar. I won't support a single nickel if we're just giving it away to Foxconn or the next of their ilk. Huh. Well, Well, maybe... Maybe we wouldn't do, shouldn't do this entirely. See, that, that's this idea of, here, I'll, I'll support it if we give it to schools. Well, that's of course another text. These are Diamond Jim Doyle holes. He raided the transportation fund to the tune of 1.3 billion. No more tax four one four seven nine nine one six twenty. All right, Justin says I would be willing to pay an extra seventy five cents per gallon if it were earmarked exclusively for road repair and repair expansion, but only for those purposes. Okay, seventy five see and this is see this is what so frustrating to me because people in the media aren't asked that are already pretty much in the tank for Tony Evers aren't pushing this. Okay, you say that taxes are on the table, fine. How much? Give me the numbers. What does that mean? Does it mean three or four cents? Does it mean 50 cents? Does it mean a dollar? If you are seriously talking about 50 cents or a dollar, tell the public that that's what you want to do, and let's end up having this debate. Four one four Let's talk to Dennis on the south side. Dennis, you're on WTMJ. Good afternoon.
2: Thanks for taking my call, Jeff. Yes, sir. Yeah, you know, when you give me the breakdown of the taxes, I'm curious, does that include the minimum markup also? Uh is
0: that
2: in there somewhere, or is it or is that in addition to what you've already told me?
0: Yeah. Uh, okay, well the minimum markup, right, that, that includes the minimum markup. This would be in addition to whatever the price is now. Yeah.
2: So so the minimum markup isn't even in that thirty three cents that you've talked about. So right, far.
0: this is right. This is just pure tax. Right. Okay. Yes. Right.
2: Well, well, then, why on earth haven't we done away with the minimum markup and then just leave it there on the gas to pay for <laughs> what we're talking about? Well, Turn exactly. that into the tax instead of making a new tax.
0: Yeah, well, Dennis, when, whenever we get around to the minimum markup thing, or, what do they call it? What's the euphemism? The unfair sales act, sales tax. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I'm I'm with you. Why we artificially limit the amount of money that a retailer uh, why we tell them you have to charge a certain amount and you can't charge less is beyond me. I, I'm with you on that too. Th- I
2: mean, they could be using that money in, in lieu of a tax.
0: Well, th- thanks. Thanks for. I mean, that's. I, I don't want you go to too far afield on that, but don't don't even get me started on minimum markup. Of course, if you're new to this discussion, we have a law in Wisconsin which says. It's this protectionist law that goes back to the Depression when you didn't have very much competition, which says that you can't sell gas below a certain markup or you can't sell it below cost. Why we have that nowadays, it makes absolutely no sense, except for the fact that you've got some powerful lobbyists in Madison which are able to preserve this. I mean, if I'm running a gas station, for example, attached to a convenience store, and I want to sell gas at cost or below cost, Take a loss on gas to get people in because then people are going to come in and they're going to buy milk and candy bars and cigarettes and whatever. For me, um, and I want to use the gas as a loss leader. Why the state says you can't do that is absolutely beyond me. Four one four seven nine nine one six twenty. Let's talk to Ken Endowsmen. Ken, you're on WTMJ. Hey, I
4: can. I'm, I'm I'm totally against the gas tax and stuff like that. It's not spread across the board. Uh, if you want. Uh, uh, Fairness—you got to have that wheel tax, so everybody that drives on the road pays an equal share in the in the, the funds for the road.
0: So you'd rather ha- you'd rather have like an increased registration fee, um, correct? And and I tell you, I mean, the, the thing with the gas tax, particularly as people go more to the hybrid and the electric cars, and they don't use as much gas. That, you know, if you want to talk about free riders, those are the people in the Teslas, the electric cars, because they're not paying any gas and they're still using the road. Now, thanks for the call. I appreciate it. And that's a look, I I guess I'm not. Here's where I come down on this. And it's I've been consistent all along. I, I am not at all convinced that we need to increase the tax. I think there is that I think there's an incredible amount of waste. That that goes on with these projects. I, I think that if you look at the bidding process, what you have seen going on is you've seen some huge, sloppy, wet kisses given to a number of the road builders and the road repairers who've pretty much, um, well, I, I, I don't know that I want to say they should be carrying guns and wearing masks because they're that much of a bandit, but this is an industry that has pretty much had it to its own for the longest time. And now that they're being told, well, okay, you just can't the belly up to the all-you-can-eat buffet, they're, they're starting to, uh, again, I think, ob- object to that a little bit. I'm not at all convinced that we haven't eliminated the waste in our bidding process. You know, when I see these projects that are done and then three years from now they have to be redone, I, I as a starting point, I think you have to eliminate waste we have not gotten anywhere close to that as of yet. And until we get close to that point, I don't think there's a justification for increasing the gas tax. But here's where I think it is fair. When guys like Tony Evers say, all right, I'm open to this, their, their response, and wouldn't it be nice if you had some reporter that cornered him and said, well, what does that mean? I mean, tell, tell me you're running for governor. What is your plan? Governor Walker has been pretty consistent saying no. All right, what is your plan? How much? $0.05, cents, $0.10, cents, $0.25, cents, $0.50, cents, $0.75, a cents, dollar. What is your plan? And so then people can decide. I don't think that's unreasonable. And wouldn't it be interesting if somebody in the media pushed that particular point? Just saying. It's 154. This is Jeff Wagner, WTMJ. It's 1208. This is Jeff Wagner, WTMJ. Thanks for joining us. This is the Labor Day Weekend Show. Melissa, before you leave, do you, now you, you've worked at a is 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 the nature of this industry. I mean, you've worked at a couple different radio stations over the course of your career.
4: Yes, for 20 years.
0: If you found a place that for a variety, whatever reason, you just really, really like, mm-hmm. would, would you have any problems staying there for the rest of your career? No. Yeah. I wouldn't. Right. Even if it meant doing like the same thing and stuff, you wouldn't.
4: No. I, I think there's something beautiful about that. And I think it's not seen a whole lot anymore these days.
0: Oh, no, I mean, I, I, you know what I mean? No, believe me, you're yeah. talking to a guy who's, this This is the, I mean, since I started doing this full time, I mean, I've been at WTMJ for 20 years and it's um, somehow proving maybe you can fool all of the people all of the time. <laughs> I, I've been able to survive and do it, but, but right, I mean, it's, yeah. and, and it's, it's been perfectly fine and mm-hmm. I've enjoyed it and I don't feel, I, I don't feel like I've missed something by not trying to. Maybe over the years there were opportunities to move to bigger markets or whatever. I've never missed that. I mean, it's mm-hmm. my hometown. I love doing well, a I radio think, show here.
4: I think the older you get, the more you're, you are you want to be a little bit more settled and not move around all the time. Because in this business, you, you can jump around as much as you want. But if you find something, like you said, that you really like.
0: And you like the place. And you like the place. And, and you like in? the
4: people. Yeah, I think it's okay to stay.
0: All right. Okay, so that's Melissa Barkley. Now, I use that as, as a lead-in because I want to share a story that appeared in the Chicago Tribune two days ago. And I, I've been taught about this with acquaintances of mine, and the reactions I've been getting have been all across the, the board. Here, here's the story. Here's the headline. Meet the restaurant busser who's worked at the same place for 54 years. All right. Oh, th- let me share a portion of the story with you. Othea Logan came to Chicago and got a job busing tables and washing dishes at Walker Brothers' original pancake house in Wilmette. One of his brothers-in-law was the chef. Logan lived on the south side, but he didn't mind the long early morning commute to the North shore clear across downtown Chicago and Cook County. He was just happy to be free of Mississippi where he had grown up poor grown up poor, one of ten kids. Walker Brothers, which is a pancake place was relatively new then and a fast success, establishing itself in less than four years as a breakfast staple for businessmen from Glencoe and hungover graduate students from Northwestern. Logan himself had been in Chicago for only two weeks. The Outer Limits was on TV that night. The number one song was She Loves You. The Battle of the Gulf of Tonkin, which cemented the United States in Vietnam, was six months away. And two weeks earlier, Lyndon Johnson, new to the Oval Office, proposed to Congress the first war on poverty. So he comes up, he gets a job working in this pancake restaurant, bussing tables. His starting salary was $1. fifteen an hour, the federal minimum wage, but enough, he recalls now, to save up and buy a small house, if you got lucky. According to the Bureau of Labor Statistics, roughly 40% of Americans in the early 1960s stayed in a job for 10 years or longer. Logan really never intended to stay that long. He was only 18. He didn't really have any plans. So the guy, early 1960s, 54 years ago, comes to Chicago from Mississippi. His brother is working as the chef at this pancake place in North Shore, Chicago. He gets a job busing tables. He's 18 years old. He is still there. Today, 54 years later, and he's still doing the same job. He's bussing tables. Here's what they write. On a muggy July morning, Othea Logan walked into the kitchen at Walker Brothers, original pancake house. He arrived as he had for decades through a side door at 550 a.m., a headlong wave of motion among his staff still getting adjusted to the hour. The president was Donald Trump. The number one song in the country was Nice for What by Drake. And according to the Bureau of Labor Statistics, the average job tenure in the U.S. was just four years. Or if you worked in a restaurant, it was closer to two. Logan, however, was still a busboy. He's 72 now. He never left never graduated to serving tables, never became a manager or a chef. He says he never asked to do anything else. He has stayed a busboy for 54 years. Now, they don't call it busboy anymore. They call it busser, but he still wears the same kind of throwback paper hat that he wore when he was doing the job in 1964. He still works at the same place. He still has essentially the same commute. He He's never... He never asked to become a server. He never asked to become a, a manager. He apparently, they, they do this interview, and he only does it reluctantly. But he says, "Look, I, I've seen the aggravation the bosses take." He said, I, "He said, you know, people don't show up. They come in late. You know, I said, I don't, I don't want to be a manager. I don't. I don't want that kind of headache. I just, I just, I, I, I like it here. You know." And they say. Well you know, haven't you ever you know wanted something else? He says, look, it's as simple as this people treat you well, you don't mind coming to work. My boss is a good guy. maybe I wanted to do something else sometime I, I don't remember it's not an easy place to run. people come in late, don't come in at all. you have to hire sounds like a headache to me, man. who wants to wake up with that responsibility? I'm dependable. they don't have to worry about me i'm I'm not a manager and then it talks about how the guy now with tips. Even though he makes minimum wage, he probably walks away with about 14 bucks an hour. Said it's been enough to buy a small house over the years and he's raised a family. He says, you know, we're not rich. We don't have savings. There's no health insurance that comes along with this. He's on Medicare now, but he says, you know, I, I've been, I've been happy. I have been happy. He spent 54 years as a busser. All right. I was telling this story. I guess I'm just fascinated by this in an era where. Everybody wants to constantly move up, and there's this pressure that you always have to find the next best thing. Here's a guy who has has been, he's done it for 54 years. He's been a busser. Same place, same routine, 54 years. Do you get this? 414-799-1620. That's the acunate mortgage talk and text line. Obviously, he found something that, I mean he he I, he liked the place or you know he he didn't he was happy with what he was doing got a degree of job satisfaction said hey look I don't I don't get stressed out about this I don't have all this other stuff do you understand this or is it just completely alien to you somebody that would stay in a job especially kind of what we'd argue is an entry level job for 54 years 414-799-1620. That is the Accunet Mortgage talk and text line. I get this. I, I, I get it. And I think I, I, I give this guy a lot of props for finding something that he liked to do and sticking with it and, and staying with it for his career. Could he have made more money somewhere? Well, probably. Could he have tried to advance? Probably. But he liked what he did. He was happy where he was, and I give him credit. Do you understand this four one four seven nine nine one six twenty? Again, I was discussing this with some people yesterday, and it was kind of split. Half the people were saying, "You know, I, I wish I had been. I wish I had found this kind of job that could give me that kind of contentment." And other people were saying, "Well, no. What do you mean? He's done the same thing. He's bussed tables for fifty-four years. What's wrong with that? What's going on with this guy?" Let's start with Mike on the Northwest Side. Mike, you are first. Good afternoon.
1: Yeah, hi,
5: good afternoon, Jeff. Good uh, thanks for taking my call. Sure. Guys. I, I, uh, wanted to just say, you know, I guess the main purpose in life is to find out your happy place. And if he's happy being there at a busboy, uh, for 54 years, God bless him. I don't think I could be, but, I mean, uh, everyone's got to find their happy place.
0: Well, well yeah, That's I mean, I, I, right, and apparently, I mean, he, he raised the family. He was able to make enough money to, I mean, you're not buying Learjets and stuff. He was able to ba- make enough money, apparently, to support himself and his wife and his kid. It was stable, dependable work. The place has been open for 50-some years. He likes the people he worked with. He, Yeah, I, I yeah, to me, I'm saying more power to him. I, I think there's probably a lot of people out there saying, God, I I, I wish I could have found something I was happy doing for 50 some years i
5: guess i wouldn't be happy doing that but i mean (laughs) right but yeah
0: no thanks well that's kind of my reaction yeah i mean it but it's it's you know i i have known over the years a lot of people who have been very very if you want to measure success by you know having prestigious jobs and and making a bunch of money they have been successes but many of those people I, i think that I've known have been just been personally miserable. They didn't like what they were doing, but they felt trapped because, well, you have a certain lifestyle and you can't walk away from a particular job that pays you this amount of money. But so they, they end up being trapped. They spend a bunch of, a chunk of their time at work, always kind of searching for that sort of inner peace. In this case, I mean, you can say, how could you be a bus boy for 54 years? But the guy, he, he likes what he does. It's honest work. He likes the people he worked for. Yeah, I mean, I, I get it. I do. John and Kenosha. John, you're on WTMJ. Hey, Jeff. Hi, John. Hey,
6: uh, I love your show.
5: Um, Thank you, sir. I, I, what a great story that that you told. I mean, I mean, who, who would want to work the same job over and over and and not get bored of it? I mean, I, I cut grass and and I don't get bored of that. I I I did it. I've been cutting grass since I was 11 years old, mm-hmm. and I guess that's. Similar concept. If you if you love what you're doing already,
6: then why why quit?
0: Yeah, I mean, right. And, and you're able to you're you're able to make enough money to support whatever it is, whatever your whatever level your lifestyle is, and you enjoy the work, and it, it, you find it to be fulfilling. And it's just a part of your life. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah. F- yeah, f- find what you love. No, th- thanks for the call, John. I mean, I guess that, that's 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 kind of how I look. And, and like I say, I, I know I've just over the course of my life, I've, I've come across all these people who've had these what you know, from the outside you say really high power jobs or whatever, but in many cases they've been miserable in them, or they've been. You know, you you get it, and then they're afraid that they're going to lose it, and there's just all this stress, and there's all this pressure on them, and and they they, they feel trapped because gee, I've got the second home here, and we got all the fancy stuff, and and I can't walk away because I can't afford it, and you know, a lot of those people, it it leads to all right. If you're unhappy, for example, at work, I think a lot of times it leads to being unhappy at home, and it contributes to break up of marriages, and, and maybe it contributes to. You know, drug or alcohol problems or things like that because you end up looking at releases. And I'm, and I'm not saying everybody's unhappy at work is an alcoholic or drug addict, but you know what I mean? It, it's that, that whole thing. Um, Jeff, my name is Chris. I'm 27. I meet this guy and shake his hand. Other than my own father, I have all the respect in the world for this guy. This is a great and honorable story. Yeah, that's kind of how. I look at it, too. Here's another text. Jeff, there is a nobleness nobleness about this gentleman not many people possess. I totally get it. He is an employer's dream. We continue the conversation. 219, Jeff Wagner, WTMJ. 222, Jeff Wagner, WTMJ. This is the Labor Day weekend show. It's, It's a story I've been waiting to talk all week with you about. Big story in the Chicago Tribune, if you're just tuning in. The guy comes to Chicago from Mississippi when he's 18 years old. Gets a job at a pancake place in Wilmette, Illinois, kind of on the North Shore. He's a bus boy, 18 years old, came to Chicago from Mississippi. It's an entry-level job. Okay, Jeff, why are you telling us this story? He's been there for the last 54 years, and he's still a busser. Still wears the same uniform, essentially the same hat. And, and, you know, he, he, he's, he's a, he comes in, he makes orange juice, but he primarily cleans, clears tables. He's, he's, he's a busser. He's been there for 54 years. He's never wanted to be a server. He's never wanted to be a manager. Chicago Tribune does this interview with him and the guy says, I'm just, look, I, 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 I'm happy. I, I don't need, I don't want the aggravation of being in management and trying to hire people who don't show up. I come in. I do my job. I go home. You know, he's never made any what we would call real money, but he's made enough money to, uh, I mean, support his lifestyle. And he's raised a kid and all that sort of stuff. And he's still working at the age of 72. I think this is a classic example of a life well lived. So many people... I don't know. Decide that you've gotta, you've gotta have that next big thing. Or and look, and I, I'm I'm not against ambition. I, I get all that. And I, but th- this idea that clearly this guy found what he loved to do, and or what he liked to do, and he did it. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. 414-799-1620. seven nine nine one six twenty. Let's talk to uh, Dave in Waukesha. Dave, good afternoon.
5: Hey Jeff, how you doing?
0: Real well, thank you. What do you think?
5: I, I still go into the old adage of. of you know what? If you're happy with what you're doing, you're never working a day in your life. I mean, plain and simple. I mean, if that's what makes them happy, yeah, more power to them. And and you know, the thing is, is you look at all these people that make, you know, that just their aspirations are so high, and they make tons of money, and blah blah blah. Are they really happy? Right.
0: And you some, of I mean? the answer, some might be yes, but other people, no. And you get trapped in that kind of lifestyle and things like that.
5: Well, yeah, exactly. And and the thing is, is he was able to raise a family. And he looks forward to getting up in the morning and yeah. going into what he does so I yeah. mean, what what's what is wrong with that
0: right exactly, and he's been able to do it for years and years i I've said this before on the radio i I have been blessed, and I use that term i have I, I i look around I know so many people who just hate what they do for a living. I have been blessed for most of my adult life to work at various jobs that I would have done for free now I haven't done it for free i i you know but i and that is that is a blessing. That, unfortunately, a lot of people don't have. But I'm reading this story, and I'm thinking, this is this is just a flat-out great story. Um, here's a text. Jeff, the guy is great. I'm 57. I've only had one job for the same family. I've worked for the family for 41 years in the same job. I have absolutely no regrets. Jim says, Jeff, this guy is the opposite. Uh, I, here's the opposite of a gentleman from Illinois. One of my coworkers told me on Tuesday he was going to be sick on Friday, and he had talked to the boss about it, now... He came to work, uh, worked enough hours so he gets credit for the holiday, and now he's going home sick, leaving the rest of us to do our work. Um, yeah. I, I, right out of, out of college, before I went to law school, I worked at this place, and it was a really nice company. But I worked with all these people who hated their jobs. They, they just did, they lived, they live for the weekends, and I, I remember saying, man, I don't want that to be me. You've got to spend too much time at work if you hate what it is that, that you do. 414-799-1620. Let's talk to John on the East side. John, you're on WTMJ. Good afternoon.
5: Oh, hi, Jeff. Hi, John. I, I really I, I respect this guy a lot. <clears throat> I was telling your producer that uh, an old friend of mine and a mentor to me told me long, or years ago, he said that, the problem in the in the U.S. is that we ascribe status to what a person does for a living instead of how well they do it. Mm-hmm. And this guy, me, is a perfect example. Uh, having said that, though, I would tell you. That
0: if I was the owner, I'd be paying this guy at least 20 bucks an hour. <laughs> right, for right, just, just for the time. No, thanks, Nicole. Yeah, they, they say with tips he makes about 14. But, but you're right. I mean, I think that's an interesting way to think of it as status. I mean, I'm, I'm sure there's people that go in there and think, okay, the, the guy's, the guy's a bus boy. The guy's a busser. Well, okay, but there, there's, and I've always said this, I, I've said this about summer jobs and things. I've said this about entry level jobs. There, there is an, an honor. There is an integrity. There is a decency to to a job well done, whatever that job might be. And and here you have somebody who, I mean, I think took that to the extreme. Anyways, if you want to read more about it, the big story in the Chicago Tribune. Again, it's if you you can check it out online. Meet the restaurant busser who's worked at the same place for fifty four years. Why? Because people treat you well. He he, just he kind of found his niche. Now, this is not a story that you hear a lot. And again, I understand we live in an environment where people change jobs all the time. But you know, it's it's worth sometimes thinking that hey, you find something you like to do. Well, all right, there, there's nothing wrong with that at all. This guy's kind of my hero. All right, going to take a quick break. We're back with more in just a moment. Two twenty-seven, Jeff Wagner, WTMJ. It's 235, Jeff Wagner, WTMJ. All right, this is the point in time in the week where we put aside the heavy lifting and we stop talking about... What's the latest outrage or perceived outrage out of Washington? And we stop talking about taxes, and we stop worrying about tariffs, and um, we, we try to lighten it up and have a little bit of fun as we go into the good weekend. I call the segment Pop Culture Corner. Sometimes we talk about movies, and sometimes we talk about books, and sometimes food, and done a couple of music-related topics lately. Typically, what what happens is it's something that that occurs during the week, That kind of trips my trigger that I find to be interesting, and I I hope it will be interesting for you. This is, of course, the Labor Day weekend. Um, It is the unofficial end of summer. Kids are back at school, or they will be back at school next week. And it's the time where we kind of reflect back and, and look, I, summer is way too short. We say this every year. Summer just flies by unless you're one of those people that, you know, has to work, you know, 50, 60, 70 hours you know, at <laughs> something during the summer. But, you know, kids are back at school. It's the unofficial end of summer. One of the things that people do during the summer is they end up taking vacations. They go to fun places. But one of the other things that's cool is, I mean, I think fall is, is a great time. To travel. Matter of fact, I really haven't gone anywhere this summer. Early October, we're doing this river cruise. And then later on, I'm going out to Las Vegas. And October is one of my big years to big places to travel this year. But I I thought for Pop Culture Corner this week, in anticipation and recognition of the fact that kind of summer is over, which means for a lot of people, that vacations are, are winding down. Chances are you know, if if you've taken your vacation, a lot of people have to do it in the, during the summer when kids are out. But my my hope is maybe you got a chance to go somewhere really really fun and really really interesting. And I thought what we would do, in kind of an acknowledgement to the at least the end of the summer vacation season, is is do a segment that I call "You Have to Go There," the place in the U.S. that you would recommend that somebody just has to visit. I don't want to talk about the world. But I want to talk about the U.S., and I'm not going to limit it to the continental U.S. So if you want to include Alaska and Hawaii, that's cool with me. But the place in the U.S. that that people would just have to go, if they've never been there before, you've got to go see blank. If you've got a chance to take a vacation, you've got to go here. You've got to go there. It can be in Wisconsin, but it can be anywhere in the U.S., You've got to go to Pearl Harbor. You, you just, you, you owe it to yourself to go to Pearl Harbor. You've got to go to Gettysburg. You know, you've got to see Gettysburg. It is amazing. The place that you have to go and that you want to tell everybody they've got to go. The only limitations are it has to be in the United States, but that also we're not going to limit it to the continental United States. All right. 414-799-1620. That is the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text line. Let's have some fun on a Friday afternoon. Um, again, I give the same advice every week. I, I encourage you to call quickly because our phone lines tend to jam up. I want to get to as many calls as possible and. Sometimes people tend to overthink these things. Gee, this is the first place that came to mind, but if I say that will I sound dumb, go with your first instinct. That's what this is all about. There's no right or wrong answer. All right, you have to go there, the place in the U.S. that everybody should visit, 414-799-1620. We'll take a quick break and then be back with all your calls. Gru is lining them up now. It's 239. This is Jeff Wagner, WTMJ. Jeff Wagner, WTMJ. We call the segment Pop Culture Corner. You have to go there, a place in the U.S. that you just have to visit. And actually, um, it's, it's what my, my wife wants to go to Niagara Falls, and I've never been to Niagara Falls. And I thought, okay, well, you know, I've never been – I've always wanted to go to the Saratoga Racetrack. In Saratoga, New York, They it's one of the famous old racetracks they only run in August. And I'm thinking, huh, you know, maybe – Niagara Falls and then go over to Saratoga and then go to Cooperstown, you know, where the Baseball Hall of Fame is. What a what a cool trip, and I, I'm i thinking we're going to do that at some point in time. 414-799-1620, John in Brookfield. John, you're first. You've got to go there. Where?
5: Jeff, you've got to go to Annapolis,
0: Maryland. My mom yeah. is from – my mom was from Southern Maryland, so I, I know that area well. It's beautiful.
5: It is absolutely gorgeous, and the autumn is the best time to go to walk around the Naval Academy yep. grounds, the history, the beauty of the buildings. And the best thing I recommend is go during the week at noontime, the entire student body forms. The band plays as they march together to go to lunch. It's just, it brings so much pride to you. It's just an absolute beautiful, small town. Right. And it's only an hour away from D.C., so it's worth kind of a nice day trip out there.
0: Now, John, that, that's great. You know, again, my, my mom was from Southern Maryland, and um, Annapolis is, is wonderful. you got the Naval Academy. That's also the capital of Maryland is, is Annapolis. So it, it's like Madison, but, but again, different. And, of course, you've got all the my, – my, my mom's parents died when she was young, and so she was raised by two – of her aunts and an uncle who never married, and I, I can, I mean, I always used to call them aunt and uncle, and it was just uh, we'd go to Southern Maryland, go out on the Chesapeake Bay, great place. Four one four seven nine nine one six twenty. Greg in Whitelaw. Greg, you're on WTMJ. You got to be there. Where
2: Savannah, Georgia. Tell me why. It is awesome. It's just beautiful. It's got something for everyone. It's got, well, in fact, on uh, Forest Gump, one of the they have, uh, I believe, it's twenty. 20- Squares, they call them squares. And it's a whole block square, big, beautiful trees, statues. And uh, it's, mm-hmm. uh, in the movie Forrest Gump, when the camera is on his right side, panning over his left shoulder, you would see a building with three, with I believe it's three big pylons there. And that's the church that my son got married at. Really? It's a, it's, um, the, the history is yep. awesome. It's just a beautiful... Historical. They're, it's built right on the river. There's river cruise. It's, it's right. very very nice.
0: Yeah, you know, th- thanks. For, I mean, I I I actually I love Savannah. Um, it's 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 a classic example of antebellum South. Is I if I had stayed practicing law, if I had stayed in the U.S. Attorney's office, they, they had a satellite office. Um, in Savannah that's out of the main offices in Atlanta. I always thought that you know, Savannah would be a place that I would try to end up, you know, there. Because it, it's, I mean, it's antebellum, it is antebellum south, but just in, incredible. And you're right, it's beautiful. 414-799-1620. You've got to go there. Let's talk to, uh, let's see, let's go to Jeremy in Mosquito. Jeremy, you're on WTMJ.
5: Hey, uh, yeah, Yellowstone and Grand Teton. Definitely okay. one of the best places in the world.
0: What do you like best about it?
5: Well, obviously, it's a wide variety of things you're never going to see anywhere else. The animals, the, you know, all the, all the geological features. I think it's just something that you're, you, know, you, want, you won't see anywhere else. And that and kind of blows your mind when you go out there. And, you know, everyone thinks the Old Faithful when you go out there. But every time you come around another corner... There's something else that you're. It, you're just like wow. Right I, right. I never expected to see that.
0: <laughs> Very cool. No, thanks for calling. I mean, Yellowstone spectacular. Let's talk to Keisha in Watertown. You're on WTMJ. Good afternoon.
1: Hello. Hi. Okay. Um,
0: Okay. How often have you been there?
1: I've only been there once.
0: Okay. Um, but.
1: Really beautiful.
0: Right. No. You know, absolutely. Of course. For people who don't know, that's. Um, you're kind of the northern tip of Wisconsin. It's on Lake Superior, right?
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. It just. I, thanks for. You know, I have to. I've never been to the Apostle Islands, um, but I know people who've been there, and they describe it as just, again, incredibly spectacular. Carol in Thienesville. Carol, you're on WTMJ. Good afternoon. Williamsburg, Virginia. Okay. Tell me. Tell me why.
1: Oh, it's great for the whole family. Young people, old people
0: right okay. Oh, I'm sorry.
1: Learn a little of the history of the U.S. The kids will love it. They run free up and down the street.
0: Right. It's you know, Carol. Thanks God. it I, I. I've always had this fond spot in my heart for for Williamsburg. My my very best friend. He went to William and Mary in in Williamsburg, Virginia, and he and his wife. Yes, they've been married for 38 years. We helped celebrate their wedding anniversary a week or two ago. They uh, they got married in one of, if not the oldest, it was one of the two or three oldest Episcopal churches in Williamsburg. I remember that it was in August, Williamsburg in August. It was like 95 degrees with 100% humidity, but it was just a lot of fun. And And, and again, Colonial Williamsburg is just absolutely spectacular. I agree. If you get a chance to go, you should go. Todd, in eagle. Todd, you're on WTMJ. Hello.
3: Hi, Jeff. Uh, we went out for a family trip to South Dakota last year, which I, I didn't think would be very good. But uh-huh. oh my God, Mount Rushmore! Then you got Custer State Park, right? Seeing all the animals, and then you got uh, the Badlands. For a week, we we had the whole family was entertained.
0: Mm-hmm. Did did you drive all through? Did you drive out there, or did you? Oh fly? yeah, we okay.
3: we drove. We drove. It was a long drive. Also in South Dakota, make sure you get gas before you get in the place where there's no gas.
0: Did you see the Corn Palace in Mitchell?
3: No, we didn't go there. We okay. went to Wall Drug, and right. I, we had to go there, and it was just a waste of time. I thought, but
0: <laughs> yeah, well, no, it's well, it, the reason I laugh is because I. Um, I had a roommate in college who worked summers at Wall Drug. Yeah, really worked there. And, and, and what they do is they bring in college students from all over the country and they have like dorm rooms and dormitories that they set up. And so he, my, my friend Greg, who's a lawyer in era uh, where he's in New Mexico now, but he, uh, he, he, he worked there and I dated a gal. I dated a gal whose parents lived in Rapid City, South Dakota. So we would go, we, we'd go out to visit her parents. And then we drive to Mount Rushmore. So, I mean, I, I, Custer State Park and driving out to Mount Rushmore and, and Mount Rushmore is kind of cool when you get there. The, the trek between Rapid City and Mount Rushmore, it's sort of like, eh, it's very, very commercial. You know, see, see JoJo the lion boy, watch water run uphill, that kind of stuff. But once you get out to Mount Rushmore, very, very cool. 414-799-1620. You have to be there. Darren in Oshkosh. Darren, you're on WTMJ.
6: Hi, uh, Hi Jeff. First time caller.
0: Thanks for calling uh, in. Thanks for listening.
6: Uh, Clearwater Beach, uh, Florida.
0: Um, tell me why.
6: Excellent beaches. Just It just goes on for miles and miles. Uh, beautiful hotels. Uh, great people to get along with. It's just fantastic lots right. of
0: places to eat yeah it's um you know so you you go in re- just a little bit south of tampa yeah I, no thanks for, i love i love the whole ghost gulf, gulf coast i mean i i, I just do but that you tampa and clearwater beach and then you f- move further south clearwater beach is a beautiful beautiful beach all right let's talk to danny in west Dallas. danny you're on wtmj you've got to go there where would that be
6: well definitely i would say it's the unofficial eighth wonder of the world the biggest ball of twine in Minnesota.
0: Darwin, Minnesota. The world's largest twine ball, yes.
6: <laughs> it actually isn't the largest one, but technically it is. Uh the biggest one is somewhere in Kansas, but that was uh when the guy died that started it, the whole town like joined in and started building in more. While this the one in Minnesota is just one lone idiot.
0: Okay. All right. I I, I do have to I gotta ask you here, pal. What? So I'm sitting in my car. I'm trying to decide where in the continental US that I want to drive. Why do I take a road trip to see the biggest ball of twine?
6: Because it's just the most unusual idea of you know, well, it's a ball of twine. What the heck is it? And they've got it under this makeshift pagoda. Okay. And so it's this giant thing, you know, sitting <laughs> there, and you look at it, and you're like, oh my god, what possesses a person? To do this?
0: Oh no, I, I can imagine that because I'm sitting here just talking to you, going, "What possesses a person to do that?" So I, well, the, re- yeah. the
6: reason I saw it even in the first place, my parents took uh, my family and I on vacations every year to, like Disney World and so on. But my dad made it a point that we had to stop at every weird little roadside attraction okay. that you could find, like the Mecklenburg Vinyl Squirrels, uh, the <laughs> Silverboard <laughs> Hall of Fame. Uh, you know, you name it, I've seen it. <laughs>
0: And of all those, it's the biggest ball of twine. Thanks for that, Darwin, Minnesota. Uh, here's a text. Kauai in the Hawaiian Islands. It has its um, um, own mini Grand Canyon and other fantastic scenery that can only be accessed by boat or helicopter. Uh, plus, the pace of life there is slower and very relaxing. I've only been to Hawaii once. I, I was at Oahu. And I I would encourage – there's there's some places that I've been. I've been fortunate enough to be. that's just spectacular. I – um. Uh, Pearl Harbor, if, if you get a chance to go to Pearl Harbor, do it. Uh, I mean, it's just the sense of history that's there. I mentioned Gettysburg earlier on. If you get a chance to go to Gettysburg, I, I would encourage you to do it. The, and the other thing I, if you're, if you're going to visit battlefields, I've always said that it, it's best, it's best to do it to the extent you can at the time the battles were fought. So you can really, I mean, okay, you, you go to Gettysburg in November and that, that's going to be fine. But if you go there around July 4th, you know, late June, early July, when, when the battle was fought, you say, oh, my gosh, you can really get a sense of what it must have been like to be there at the time. I, I'm the Alamo. I mean, it just I I've been to San Antonio a couple times in my life. And, and the Alamo is just it's like it's in downtown San Antonio, just like the Alamo. It just like it would be like where the, the Bradley Center, the new Bucks Arena is. It just plopped. Right in the middle of downtown New Ma- downtown San Antonio. It's just, it's just amazing. Jim in Cedarburg. Jim, you're on WTMJ. Hello. Yeah. Hi, Jeff. Okay, hey, you um, got to go there.
4: Yep. Okay, you got to go to Boston's North End just because you got the Revolutionary War. era right yep. there. Yeah, and you can go to Cheers to have fun with modern stuff, and you got so you got three hundred, four hundred years worth of history right next to each other and right side by
5: sides. You can see it all, you know, and it's great for kids. It's great for adults.
0: Yeah. No, Boston, it, it, right now. Thanks, it, right. It, it just, I mean, the the, the Amer. If you are a student, American history, that's it. You know, I, I can't let this conversation end without also recommending Washington D.C. My my niece and her boyfriend went out there th- this summer. She had never been to Washington D.C. My wife has never been to Washington D.C. That is on our list. I mean, I I used to because of what I used to do for a living. I used to be out there all the time. I I I love it. I I never. I never get tired of the Smithsonian's and the National Gallery of Art and and going to the Lincoln Memorial, and then you take a right turn. You go down this little path, and you're at the Vietnam Veterans Memorial, and then you've got all the, the wall, and you've got all this other stuff. There are so many great places to see in this United States that, um, we'll do this again. You just, you had to be there. We got red, let's see, Anchorage, Alaska, Redwoods in California, Glaciers in Alaska, Yellowstone, uh, Lake Powell between Utah and Arizona. There's so many great places to see, so many places to put on your bucket list, and so many places that you really just, if you get the chance, you have to go there and, Um, I keep adding to my list every day. It's 2.54. When we come back, we're going to find out what John and Melissa have on their minds. I know it's a very special edition of Wisconsin's Afternoon News, so please stick around. This is Jeff Wagner.